You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras, the Colorado Rockies. Hello, everybody. I'm Allison Twitter from MLB.com, and here with my probably slightly tired, maybe a little weary colleague, Thomas Harding, who was diligently covering the 16-inning affair uh, with the Dodgers the previous night. So, Thomas, let's get right to it. Uh, tell me what was going on there. It was a five-and-a-half-hour game, um, and then yes. the Rockies won it. So how cool was that for them? That was cool for them because they played – they're so far out of the race, I don't think they can see the race. But they played like it was the seventh game of the World Series. I mean, early in the game, Justin Turner had a hard slide that the Rockies felt was late um, into Nolan Arenado, who was covering second on a double play with the shift. And there were a lot of words from Walt Weiss and from Nolan Arenado toward uh, the Dodgers and Justin Turner and um, Don Mattingly got involved in it. And you could see the Rockies just trying to find a way to win a game. I mean, offensively, they don't do as well on the road as they do at home. They scratched out some runs early against Brett Anderson. Then they just kind of hung in there. The bullpen pitched, pitched um, 10 scoreless innings, which is a third inning shy of the club record. And Nolan Arenado ended up winning the game in the 16th inning with a home run. It's one of those games where... Let's face it, the Dodgers have more concerns like trying to win a World Series, but for the Rockies, it's a game where they can kind of hang their hats on and like, see, if we play well, if we play together, if we pitch decently, we can compete with anybody. So it was, it, it was a good game for them, even though it wasn't the Christmas game. They let a run score and a pop-up that dropped in the outfield and really didn't uh, do a whole lot offensively, but hey... Uh, every game isn't going to be pretty. You're not going to hit three home runs every game. Yeah, so let's talk about this takeout slide uh, from Turner that uh, created a little bit of a, of a stir, and uh, Arenado was pretty classy with his comments after saying, like, that this wasn't like something that motivated him or fueled him, um, and he kind of deferred to everybody else to just draw their own conclusions. But that didn't sit well too much with the Rockies, did it? No, it didn't sit well at all, and... That's something with this club that sometimes I wonder if it's missing. Um, they do tend to bring in a whole lot of character-type guys that's big in their evaluation. But what happens, um, you know, what happens when things get tough? You, you want those guys to, uh, you know, to fight back. And this is a team that I think it's, they haven't had a fight since something like 2008 on the field. You know, they've... Um, so it's always good to see them just not simply take being bullied around. Um, Justin Turner's slide, it was it, he slid, and I think he landed on the bag, so it was a pretty late slide. Now, the play's timing was a little bit, um, I think, messed up because, A, you had a third baseman covering second base, and, B, the throw handcuffed him a bit. But, hey, nothing wrong with standing up and saying, I don't appreciate that play, and that's what the Rockies did. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed to be a pretty civilized conversation. Um, so there was also a lot of uh, buzz not long ago about John Gray and his pitching against the Dodgers. So you seem to be um, pretty impressed with the result, even though he uh, just didn't win. Uh, he was on a pitch count, which seemed to be maybe a little bit um, – he seemed to maybe be unhappy with that. But uh, 
But overall, I would imagine that this is very encouraging for the Rockies to see uh, their third overall pick in 2013 making this kind of start. Yeah, it's something that, let's face it, you wouldn't be celebrating that performance if you were in a race and, and, and you, really needed, uh, you really needed that win. I mean, it was still too many pitches in less than five innings for John Gray. But ju- just the fact that he stayed in a game with Kershaw, I mean, this is a guy who was really pumped about it. He said it was the biggest stage he'd ever been on, and he had pitched in some regional finals in college. University of Oklahoma, those games are all over television. But this is a guy who aspires to battle against the, against the Clayton Kershaws and the Zach Grinkies and, and Madison Bumgarner's in the division. So for him to show ace-like stuff, even though he doesn't have ace-like savvy yet, uh, the Rockies are pretty happy with it. And let's face it, this is all about getting him accustomed to next season so that when he's in the rotation to start the year and everybody hopes that and there are no injuries and, and, and he comes back well, at, at the start of the year, the Rockies, um, their lineup is always going to be competitive in the division, one of the best, arguably the best lineup in the division. John Gray's going to be a reason why they think they can turn that into winning. So for him to go out and and pitch well enough to keep the runs down against Clayton Kershaw, that's a feather in his cap. Now, like I say, he's going to have to throw more first-pitch strikes. I think it was something like 13 out of 22 batters, and that's just not enough. Um, and he's going to have to not throw, not, not hit that 90-pitch mark in the fifth inning. But if he's able to keep guys off base the way he was, to hold down the runs, uh, he could be a pretty good force in this rotation. So this is a time for teams that aren't contending to be evaluating, as we know. We have discussed this in September call-up here with the team. The catching duties, though, uh, Walt Weiss is pretty definitive about how this is going to go for the remainder of the season. So it's going to be divided between two guys? Yeah, it's going to be divided between Dustin Garneau and Tom Murphy, who um, they were, they've been really excited about Murphy. Uh, I, I thought he would make his debut last year, but he had a shoulder issue at A and missed a lot of the season. Um, this is a guy who, going back to college at the University of Buffalo and probably even before, he had coaches that said, you're the catcher, you run the game. There was no wrist coach where they, where they were calling pitches from the bench. And you can tell that he can command a pitching staff. He's also a big, strong fellow that hits with some power um, and just seems like the leader type that could be a catcher of the future. Dustin Garneau is a guy who's been in the system for a while, a good catch-and-throw guy who really came on offensively this year and earned a call-up. And the thing he did was just simply simplify. He didn't try to hit home runs like maybe he had done in his younger years or in college. He simply put the ball in play and has done a good job. And I think he's done a good job working with the staff here. So the two of them will split the catching duties except for except for when Jorge De La Rosa pitches because – there's some familiarity with Willene Rosario. So uh, Rosario is supposed to catch um, De La Rosa for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. Um, and I wanted to end this with, and I realized I don't think you were there that day, but there was this little note in some of the Rockies' coverage that Eddie Vedder was visiting the Rockies' clubhouse, and Walt Weiss seemed to be completely over the moon meeting this guy. Did you hear anything about this? <laughs> yes, I did. And it's, it's funny, too. Vedder... Eddie Vedder is a huge Chicago Cubs fan and a huge baseball fan. Um, so he came in, and uh, Walt Weiss, who is the big music guy, um, he's, uh, he, he, he's had 
He, he played drums for John Fogarty at a benefit concert. Whoa, in Oakland, I didn't early. know that. Yeah. Yeah, early in his career, he played drums for John Fogarty on one on one song, Center Field. It's the only song Walt White ever learned how to play, and I don't think he can play it now. And he's a big Springsteen fan, so he's a huge Eddie Vedder fan. We've had conversations about Pearl Jam before. So it was a strange conversation because Eddie Vedder wanted to talk baseball. I mean, he talked with front office officials. He talked with the pitching coaches about pitch strategies and how you set up things. And everybody on the Rockies wanted to talk to him about music and rock and roll. So it's a strange conversation, but um, I was not there for it. I wish I had been, but it ended up a great time because you had people that were kind of artists or at the top of their fields um, exchanging ideas. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm very happy for Walt Weiss. My goodness, the things you get to do when you when you wear a baseball uniform is just amazing. But um, Thomas, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.